Well, I am so glad that you're all here tonight. I'm glad to be here sharing the Word with you. I'm excited about what God has put on my heart. Uh, if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we're in our third hour of sharing about Holy Spirit. And listen, we, uh, we could talk about this for hours, and I have taught on it for hours, and I'm trying to get in as much as I can tonight. I only have three hours with you tonight, so we're trying to get all... <laughs> and uh, so try to cover some things. If you haven't been with us, go back online and see the other two hours and try to catch up with us, laying some groundwork, because I've, I've laid a lot of groundwork of understanding of our relationship with the Lord and Holy Spirit and covering the doctrine of baptisms, plural, and then the one baptism that links us all together, unites us all, the one that is a prerequisite to all other baptisms. We've We've covered that and laid, the, laid everything down there and trying to understand our walk and trying to understand the baptism that Jesus takes us through and how that empowers us. You know, there's a difference between the, between the life on the inside of you and the power that's on you to be witnesses for Him. And so, you know, we, I'm taking in the premise of uh, Acts the 19th chapter because we've so many times thought, well, didn't, didn't I get it all when I got saved? Didn't I get everything? You know, well, you did get the seal of the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that is so true. And you had the fruit of the Holy Spirit operating in your, your spirit, your born again spirit and all that. But Jesus, remember, uh, Pastor Antoinette read that scripture here out of John, I believe it was, wasn't it? And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And uh, then, then he told him, said, listen, I want you to go to Jerusalem, but don't you leave Jerusalem. You go and you wait for the promise that the, that the Father will send the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's expedient for you. It's to your advantage that I go, that I send the Holy Spirit. You, in other words, it's to your advantage. You're better off. And I thought, man, how could you be better off than having Jesus in your midst, you know, than having, you know, him there with you. The Holy Spirit comes, though, not only to walk with us, but to be on the inside of us. And he's my constant companion and my guide. And I, I just so appreciate the Holy Spirit all the times that he's our teacher, our guide. And, you know, anything that the Holy Spirit does, he does as a gentleman. But everything that he says and does lines up with the word of God. It never violates the word of God. Ever. But then also he's guiding us through the word of God, but he says he will show you things. He will show you things that, that are not explicitly, you could find chapter and verse for the things that he shows you, but it will never violate God's word. But he's guiding us and he's our constant companion, our constant guide, and I so appreciate him. But I want to understand, you know, I, I shared with you that I, I had an encounter with Jesus at 13 and, and got saved that night, what we call getting saved, and I got saved, and, I, and my life, my eternity changed, and I walked out of there different, and, I, and I, I felt like I'd come home. My spirit was born again and alive unto God, and then at 21, I truly made Him Lord in my life and was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I felt a fire and a boldness in my heart I'd never felt before, and it radically changed me. It changed my life from that point on, and, but yet I wanted to find out I wanted to find out what happened to me. What is this that I have experienced? You know, I had visited a few churches off and on, different kinds of churches, and, and some of the folks in those churches, I thought, Lord, if it's like that, I don't want to be like that. Come on. I just, uh, I don't know if that's what it is, but I'm not sure I want it if that's what it is, but I want more, you know, and I, but I want to understand what happened to me. And so that's why I've been taking you through the understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus immerses us in and empowers with the Holy Spirit to, to be a living witness for Him and walk it out. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is the conveyor of God's grace and brings grace to us and empowers us to do what we can't do in and of ourselves and accomplish what we can't do in and of ourselves and accomplish. So, uh, but tonight I want to take you through some of the meat of God's Word because I never heard any teaching. And, that, and I said, we'll see how you feel at the end of the service because tonight I want, to, I want to try to explain to you this thing called tongues. The, the speaking in tongues and what it's for and what it represents. And I didn't want to just have it just to have a, um, and, and I don't mean any disrespect for this. I didn't want to have a Holy Ghost show, uh, hoedown kind of a deal, you know, and run away. But at the same time, if it happened, it happened, okay? And, but I, I wanted to get excited. But I wanted to know what it's all about. And those are valid questions. And maybe you've asked those too. What is it for? What does it mean? What does it represent? What can it do for me? What, what's in it for me, Right? And, and maybe you haven't said that, but you might have thought that, okay? Lord, what is it in, what's in it for me, and how can I benefit from this, and what's the whole thing? 
And so we're gonna, I'm going to be sharing some of that with you tonight. We're going to go over to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, if you brought your Bible. And I'm going to do a lot of line-by-line teaching, and I'm going to try to get as far as I can get, and then that's as far as we can get for tonight. So I could take it and, just, and truly could go for three hours, but we're not going to do that tonight. But I want to share some of the meat of the Word of God with you tonight, line-by-line, so that you can gain understanding. Um, gain understanding in what that is all about. And even if you don't operate in that, you need to know something about it, right? Yes. Amen. And, uh, and then see what the Lord says in His Word about it and how it's supposed to happen. Now, the Corinthian letters are just fabulous. They're amazing. There is so much wisdom in, in the Corinthian letters, so many different things that God brings to us and teaches us and trainings us about marriage and resurrection and so many truths that are brought about in the Corinthian letters. And... and also, the Corinthian church, it said they came behind in no gift. I mean, they had it going, man. They had the signs and the wonders. They had the gifts that were operating. It said they became behind in no gift. But Paul said, listen, I got a bone to pick with you. Man, you guys are out there arguing with one another, and you're doing this, and you're acting up. And so he jerked a slack at them, you know what I'm saying? And, and, but 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, this one chapter... We're going to touch on a few things here. We, we can't go through all of it. There's so many different topics in there that I'm not going to uh, take on tonight about women keeping silence in the church. <laughs> I'll let that go because I think y'all outnumber me tonight. So, <laughs> But there are no, in, in, in reality, though, there are some real truths in there because the, word, the Bible tells us to study to show yourself approved. And so when I started going to church, I was out of college in New Mexico State University in civil engineering and, and came out and I did pretty good. I challenged English, didn't have to take it so I could read, you know, I could write a few things and, and I, you know, some things like that. And when I would hear preachers preach and they said, this is what it says. I said, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm reading that and that's not what it says. You know what I'm saying? Even the King James was a bit tough. I cut my teeth on King James, but I thought, man, you know, it still doesn't seem to say that. And I say, well, Lord, I want to understand. So tonight as we go through 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, I want to hopefully bring some understanding to you about this thing called tongues, okay? And so let's, um, I want you to understand as we go over, and I'm going to just, we're just going to go down through line, I'm going to skip a, a number of them as I can and, and bring out a few things, some, some truths here, but I want you to understand about speaking in tongues. And, and see, I haven't heard a lot of teaching on this. I've done a lot of studying on it, but not heard a lot of teaching on it. That tongues is twofold. It has a twofold function. How many of you know what vertical and horizontal is? There's a vertical aspect and there's a horizontal aspect of speaking in tongues in its purpose, design, and and its initiation and that sort of thing. So when you when you keep that in mind as we walk through some of this, okay? Now it did start out in verse one. It says, follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts. Now he's just come through in 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and also I need to, to I'll probably draw some distinction there as we walk through some of the thought processes also. Uh, but it says, desire spiritual gifts. It's okay to desire spiritual gifts. It's okay. He said it right here. He said, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. But the first thing he says, follow after love. Love is above all things. But he said, but rather that you prophesy, speak a divine utterance from God in prophecy. Uh, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, notice this, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. No man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. You mean that guy over there talking in tongues is talking to God? That's what he said. And, and if I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me talking to God, that's God talking to God. I'd like to hear what they're talking about, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it says he's speaking mysteries. Another, another translation says secret things. Holy Spirit is expressing to God. And did you notice he's talking to God? That means it's vertical. Are you hearing me? It's, that guy's talking over in tongues is talking to God. Look at verse 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to this level, horizontal. And here's the qualification of prophecy. He speaks to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Those are the three things that define what prophecy is. It will, be, it will bring exhortation. It will be, bring comfort. It will bring edification. It will be lifting up. A word from God will lift us up. Now, I want to just say this as, you, as we go into this. What Paul is speaking at in 1 Corinthians 14 is about the corporate gathering of the body 
It's about what's happening right here tonight. And, and see, with the Corinthian church, how many of you realize just because we came into the kingdom didn't mean we had it all figured out and was all mature? Okay, that's part of you. So, <laughs> but he, they came behind in no gift. These guys had it going on with supernatural gifts. And yet Paul had to come tell them how to act in church. Are y'all with me? And, you know, there's a couple of things that says to me, just because someone's operating in great gifts doesn't mean that they're walking in maturity. So there's a growing up as well. You may have learned how to tap into the Holy Spirit flowing through you, but there's a lot of growing. Now, when I took it out of Acts 19, the whole thing that we started with, Paul, when he came across 12 disciples, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you received since you believed? You mean there's more for me to receive? There's more to me to get? There's more to me to grow in? There are such treasures in Jesus that we haven't even scratched the surface on. No matter how far you, along you are and how much you've grown, there's so much more to grow in. As I've got into light, I see that there's more light to see. And so here he is in verse uh, 3, But he that prophesies speaketh unto men edification, exhortation, and comfort. So he's talking about corporate gathering. Now look at verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. See, his, his whole context of this is about the church, the corporate gathering, the, the ministry to the church, and that we come out, that we leave out of here with something. You, did you realize we're not trying to run people off, we're trying to draw them in? And when he's talking, when you, you, you'll see this as we go through this, he's trying to edify people and cause us to grow and make one step closer to Jesus, one step further to being transformed by Jesus. And so edify the church. So look at verse 5. I would that you all spake in tongues. I, he didn't say, some of you are going to get it and some of you are not. I would that you all spoke in tongues, but rather that you prophesied, that you had a divine word from the Lord. Now li listen, now I'm going to try to explain this. It says, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaketh with tongues. And a lot of people stop right there. Greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues. So I think I'll just go for the greater stuff. I think I'll be greater. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's saying. And it, but the next word is the key word, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Again, the context, the whole purpose is to edify the body. So there's this speaking in tongues to this level, horizontal, that brings a level of excellence and edification and comfort to the body when there's interpretation to it that equals prophecy. Because see, remember, he said, it's greater that you prophesy that the church can be lifted up unless you interpret, unless, it, unless that, that word is not to God, but it goes this level and it's got a word to the body that lifts them up. Are y'all getting that? Yeah. I don't want to belabor that, but... It's like tongues and interpretation equal prophecy as long as it edifies the church. So whenever you hear uh, a message in tongues to the body with interpretation, it's always going to be uplifting. Are y'all following? And, and uh, just let me insert this. I, I'm just going by what's in my heart tonight. I didn't, I, well, I prayed a lot before. We should have prayed before I got in when we got up here, but I prayed a lot today. But um, as far as the tongues and interpretation and... and uh, Oh, I almost lost that idea. I had a senior moment there. But, <laughs> well, we'll move along. Okay, let's go to verse 6. No, um, but prophesy, he said, for greater is he that prophesies. So I look over the Greek to see what he's talking about when it's the greater is he that's prophesying. Now remember the context of blessing the church. In the, in the context of the Greek, it means that he is more useful Stronger and more the elder, more useful, greater gain by the word of prophecy to lift up the body of Christ than just speaking in tongues, unless he interpret. It's all about blessing the body. It's all about ministry to the body. Are, are y'all following me? If you are able to operate in divine word from the Lord and speak a message from God to the body, you're lifting up the body. You're, you're more beneficial than just coming in and say, I'm just going to talk in tongues. Are is, okay, I'm, I'm, dry, I'm bogging down here a little bit. Y'all get that? So why, why is he saying all this? Why is he emphasizing this? 
to be beneficial to the corporate gathering because you have three types of people that come to a service. We have them all the time. They had them then, we have them now. You'll see it as we read further down in the Scripture. There are three classes of people that come to a service. You have the learned, the learned, the unlearned, and the unbelievers. And he's saying, listen, I'm trying to reach them all. And so, we, guys, we've got to have, we've got to let the Holy Spirit guide us and God direct us how we can reach everyone and then go out of here with something. Are you all with me? Yeah. Amen. So, now, brethren, he's, now, now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Again, causing you to benefit, causing you to grow, causing you to hear from God. And then in the next few verses, which we're going to skip over just for the sake of time, there's a need for clarity and communication. And he's just saying there needs to be clarity when you're talking to the body. Are y'all with me? And so look, drop down about verse 12. Because listen, if I got up here and I just spoke in tongues for an hour, and y'all went out of here and say, well, did you get anything out of that? No, but it sounded real good. You know, it's all right. He seemed to have a good time, but <laughs> okay. Look at verse 12. Even so use, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, which is okay, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now look at verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue... My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, the good thing about that, when he said my understanding is unfruitful, in other words, it's not coming through your head. It's coming from your spirit, man. It's not coming through your head. That's why a lot of people have trouble with it, because they want to control everything that goes on. How are you going to worship a God you can control? Right? See, there's, there's so many truths that you just pull out of this. See, it's not your head where it's coming from. It's coming from your spirit. But see, and I, I had a little bit of a problem with that. Reading out of the King James, I said, when I pray in the tongues, my spirit prayeth. And I thought, man, how, when I find out what it's all about, how can something that dynamic come from me? It just can't be, Lord. I don't understand that. I, I am not the source of something that brings such power or such edification. And then I started reading deeper. I started digging deeper and got the Amplified. Listen to Amplified. He said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, speaks. So the source of that is coming from the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? He's the one that comes with a message to the body. He only speaks what he hears. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. If it's going horizontal or it's going vertical, it's Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Oh, man, I thought, wow, that is exciting. I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Woo! Right? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh, praise God. Now, listen, let me, let me bring out another. I'm just dropping them right and left, okay? Is that, listen, if I print it on tongue... If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. How many times have I heard people say, well, that person over there talking in tongues, that's the devil. Be careful, because Scripture right here says it's Holy Spirit. That ought to build your faith. How many times have you said as you received it, and you begin to operate and say, well, I don't know, is that just me or is that? Well, the Scripture says it's Holy Spirit through you. Okay, Amen. Now listen, there's one thing that I want you to understand. When it says, when I pray in the Spirit, if you get a hold of nothing else but this tonight, every prayer that the Holy Spirit offers through us has purpose. Has purpose. Don't make light of it. Don't think light of it. If it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us praying, whether it's secret and mystery, mystery, secret things to the Father, or it's with a message coming out here, every prayer that the Holy Spirit prays through us has design and purpose. It's like, ooh, then I want to tap into that. I want to see what that is. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. Also, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. That's, and I hear, I'm just trying to bring out some clarity for you guys that are new. When you hear people saying, did you get your prayer language? <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, are you praying in tongues? Because here in the context, he's talking about praying in tongues. He's, he's referencing it as praying in the spirit. Are y'all following? 
And he said, we'll pray with understanding. He said, else when thou shalt bless, now get this, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks? So sometimes that praying in the Spirit is, is a giving of thanks and it's blessing with the Spirit, seeing that he understandeth not what thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other's not edified. Oh, praise God. He's still talking about corporate gathering. Y'all do follow that, right? You haven't lost that thought. He's talking about us coming together. He said, listen, he said in verse 18, he said, I, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. I like to amplify. I thank God that I pray in tongues more than any of you, all of you put together. <laughs> and Paul, was a, Paul was a tongue-talking dude. I thought, Wow. You know, when you saw his conversion and when you saw Ananias come pray for him, when Jesus sent Ananias to pray for him that he get his sight back and get filled with the Holy Ghost, remember Ananias said, Lord, you now you remember who that guy is? He's the guy throwing us all in jail. He said, but I need to show him what he's going to suffer my, for my sake. That day he got the Holy Spirit. He didn't say he prayed in tongues then, but here he said, I prayed more than any of you, all of you put together. But now look what he says next. He said, I thank God I was praying in tongues more than you all. And he said, yet in the church, in the corporate meeting, a religious congregation in the Greek, an assembly, in the church like we're having today, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. The key here is teach. See, Paul is again saying when you come together corporately, we need to, you need to leave here with something. And he said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. But when I'm here standing with you, I want you to get something. I'd rather have five words that you get a hold of than me stand up here and pray 10,000 words in, in an unknown language. Right? Y'all see the picture. Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice be you children, but in understanding be men. He says, it's time to grow up and understand what we're talking about. And uh, so look at verse uh, 21. Said so in the law is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they they not hear me, saith the Lord. Now look at verse 22. I wrestled with this for a while. I didn't understand it. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. And at first I thought, man, that that I don't make sense to me at first. You know, it, uh, tongues are for a sign not to the believers. I thought, man, that's pretty significant, but it's for the non-believer. Now, y'all remember my story that in college, when I was going to college, the Lord was drawing me back, and I went to that little church up on the mountain up above New Mexico State University and started visiting, and that preacher was talking, and, and uh, he was every time he preached, he's preaching right at me. You remember that? I told you. Uh, they're telling him stuff. They're, they're letting it out. I mean, he's reading my mail is what he's doing, and they're telling him stuff, and he's preaching right at me. I just need to see. Every, I just need to under, hear everything that he had to say. But then, I, at the end of the service, I saw him up in the end of the service, and he had given an invitation, and they were singing, and he's walking up and back and forth, and he's he's praying in this language that I thought, well, he heard that at preachers. He learned that at preacher school. I don't heard that. I don't know what that is. It don't sound like French. It don't sound like Spanish for sure, because I knew a little bit of Spanish, you know. And what is that? Until I saw my mom go down. And received it, and she prayed in a language that was, she didn't learn. I knew she didn't grow up in that in Oklahoma. And, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't a believer. It was a sign. I thought, oh, my, there's something to this. Because mom don't put on airs for nobody. And I thought, okay, that is a sign for the unbelievers. You know that God, that Jesus used signs and wonders to win the Gentiles over. To see that truly God was real, and He was real. But it says, okay, but... Prophecy is not a sign to the unbeliever, but to the believer. Why is that? Prophecy is a divine utterance of God, a divine word from God. But you realize, and I realize, that people that are not saved out there in the world, they look at the Scripture and the gospel as foolishness. They wouldn't receive a prophetic word from God. If God said, thus saith the Lord, or anything to you, they'd say, oh, I've heard that on television. I've heard them people talk like that all the time. But you and I who know the Word of God, when you evaluate the Word and you judge the Word and you look at that Word that's coming straight, you say, listen, that's a Word from God. That was a Word from God. That guy said, just what I... Have you ever had somebody preaching just what you were asking about before you got to service? He said, man, that's God. Okay, praise God. <laughs> 
Well, uh, verse 30, 23, if therefore the whole uh, church become together into one place, again, congregation, us gathering, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you have lost your ever-loving mind? <laughs> Isn't that what it says? Yeah. They'll say, you're crazy, man. Yeah, we're trying to win them, not lose them. <laughs> Where was I? Okay. Look at verse 24. But if all prophesy, speak a word from the Lord, and there come in one that believes not or is unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Now, see, I've seen people take this out of context, and they just pass judgment on people. That's not what it's saying. See, if you go over to Galatians, the third chapter, and Romans, the 10 chapter, listen, we are, the Word of God is what brings conviction and, and judgment. Not me, not you. If, if they're up there preaching the gospel, and that gospel, like he was doing me in college, man, it, he was reading my mail. And it brought conviction to my heart. God's Word did. And God's Word showed me my state of being and, and the sin in my life. So this is God talking to me. I knew it was God. And so that they will fall down in their face and say, God is in you of, re- of truth. Okay, let's, let's move on down. Let all things be done to edifying, verse 26. Look at verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue in the congregation, let it be by two or at the most by three. And that, of course, let one interpret. This is another scripture that threw me for a little bit until I understood the twofold function of the speaking in tongues, that it goes vertical. It could be vertical with something that's just my prayer language. And you know, a lot of people are in here in service and they're praying in their prayer language during the worship time and other time. But when you have a message to the body, it's altogether different. And there's an interpretation. Because see, that's the move of the Holy Ghost. That's the nine gifts of the Spirit. That's not just talking in tongues in a prayer language. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit with a message to the body. And He also gives a gift of interpretation. So that you can hear what he's saying, that God wants to get a message across. He's showing you. I I, I have to just understand that sometimes rather than just get up and I just say, I have a word from the Lord, that it comes in a message in tongues and interpretation, and it shows the reality of the supernatural in speaking in another language, and then it be interpreted. Y'all following? And then he he said, um, this and said, if there be no interpreter. And I thought... What? I mean, do you just get up at, in, a, in a group of people and say, be there a doctor in the house? Somebody over here is having problems. Is there a doctor in the house? You, have you ever seen those movies and people, somebody have trouble? Is there a doctor in the house? We got a problem. Well, you, do you get in a service and say, is there an interpreter in the house? <laughs> I think I got a word. No. That okay, let's look at the context of it, okay? Y'all following what I'm saying? I mean, I just think on that level. I mean, that may be a little... Goofy, but I, I mean, it's got to make sense to me, Lord. And it says, but if there be no interpreter, because I already now understand that sometimes when you're praying in tongues, it's going vertical. And I've had people in the service as I've pastored and I've preached, people get so excited and they go to just jump it up and just go to talking in tongues. And it wasn't more a message to the body than a man in the moon. He just got excited. But the body did good. You step back and start to teach. And he let him learn too, you know what I'm saying? Don't, be, don't go in here and disturb in the service and that sort of thing. But you can, you know, okay, let's read the rest of the verse. because I don't know. <laughs> He said, if there's not an interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. If he's talking to God, it's this direction, not this direction. And I was looking at other translations. It said, but if no one is present who can interpret, if there's not the interpreter in the house, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Vertical. Y'all following? Okay, that's the best I can understand. I can have that. And a lot of people, let me just jump down a few more verses because I've only got an hour and a half left now, so I've got to hurry. <laughs> so... <laughs> A lot of people, I, here's, I, here's one of the things that I was always cautious of. I don't want it just coming on me and, and I have absolutely no control. Are you with me? I said, Lord, I, you know, I, I'm so conservative and, you know, I, I don't know about all that. Now, that's probably a fault. I, had, I know I got faults. I, got, I still got faults. But listen, what it says here in verse 32, because some people say, well, I just can't control it. Yeah, you can. Because verse 32 says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Amen. 
For God's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now here's let your women keep silence in the church. I don't know if I should take a couple of minutes there or not, or just... <clears throat> I could do a real quick overview that keep me so I could get out of here, you know. But I'll tell you what... Uh, Anyway, I can't. Your pastor's going to do that. He's going to come up and he'll. If I do something here, you can fix it, right? You're going to do it next week? Next two weeks. I'm off the hook. I don't have to tell you. He's got it. (laughs) Oh, my word. Okay, look at verse 38. Uh, Oh, no, verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of God. Commandments of the Lord. Now, that's very important. Paul's saying, listen, this is not me. The Lord allowed us out here and how, how we're going to structure the church and function in the church, that's God's design. We work for Him. We follow Him. But I love verse 38. <laughs> but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. <laughs> King James got a real flair to it sometimes, you know what I'm saying? If any man be ignorant, just let him be ignorant. Oh, he's just ignorant. Let him be. I mean, you know, he don't know no better. He's just ignorant. <laughs> I love that, man. Oh, man. If any man be ignorant, just let him be ignorant. Well, we need to dig a little deeper and see what it says to Amplified. <laughs> we can't leave it there. Because y'all be going around saying, what's wrong? Are you just ignorant? Well, ah, he's just ignorant. Let him be ignorant. <laughs> well, and Paul said in another place, I'd re- I would not have you ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts. Okay. And here he's, uh, but here, let's see what it really says. I'm going to look at the Amplified who drills down more into the Greek and, uh, and so we can understand it. But if anyone disregards or does not recognize that it is a command of the Lord, he is disregarded and not recognized. He is one whom God knows not. Boy, that's a serious note. That makes me take note and say, listen, I, I may not understand it all at this moment, but I need to try to understand what he's saying here for the benefit of the body of believers. Because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about the kingdom of God. And he goes on to say, uh, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. You know, I looked in 13 different translations, and they all say, forbid not speaking in tongues. Don't Listen, I've been in churches, if you start talking in tongues, there's a couple of hairy arms going to pick you up and carry you out and throw you out the front door. <laughs> Come on, y'all been there? Y'all know what I'm saying, you know what I'm talking about. And he said, but, but here's the thing. Let all things be done decently and in order. But all things should be done with regard to decency and propriety and in an orderly fashion. That's the whole thing. Okay? We, we, we tease about, Kathy and I pastored the first church, and, and it was a spirit-filled, charismatic church. And um, at the time, I was a little leery of the charismatics because they were a wild bunch. And one lady in our church, it was so cute. Somebody coming in and said, I hear y'all. Y'all are all wild over there. Y'all just swing from the chandeliers. And she said, we ain't wild. We take numbers and see who goes first. <laughs> Man, I wish I was that quick-witted. I mean, I just, you know, everything's to be done decently and in order. Okay, now look. <laughs> now let me get into some, some real thoughts and challenge you. Um, well, I just, don't, I just don't want that tongue stuff. I'll go after the miracles and healings. And all of that, but listen, I don't, I don't, I don't need that tongue stuff. But Luke said, you know, if you're not being able to do that thing which is least, why do you seek after the greater? And what that, uh, uh, how that speaks to me, the thing that you yield, it's the Holy Spirit praying through you, but it's still your tongue. And we know that the tongue is something that needs to be controlled, right? And we need to yield it to the Father. We need to yield our tongue, even the way we talk about other people. It can set a, a forest fire aflame. It can ruin people's lives. It can be so destructive. Or it can be yielded with the Holy Spirit directing and be a tremendous tool in your life. Yes. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're not being able to attain that which is least, why seek you after the greater? You know, if you can't yield your tongue to receive your prayer language and say, Holy Spirit, have your way through me, why are we trying to pursue miracles and signs and wonders of the greater things. Y'all follow? You know, one of the things that, and I'll share a couple of words that the Lord gave me about that. I've thought about that and meditating on that. Man, it does a lot of good to sit around and meditate on the Word of God, doesn't it? I think, why would I resist that so much? Why would I resist the, this prayer language, Holy Spirit praying through me? And I'll, I'll share some of the purpose behind it again. 
But why would I resist that and just go for the miracles? And there's this thing inside of you and I, within all of us, called flesh. This entity on the inside of us that wants what it wants, that is very selfish and self-seeking, that tries to control your life, it's called flesh. That's the one thing that's saying, I don't want the small piece of pie, I want the big piece of pie. I want two naps, not one. It's your thing, do what you want to do. You remember that? People that are older remember that one. If it feels good, do it. That was kind of the 60s. I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. It was a flesh thing. It's a thing that controls your life, that'll ruin your life. This thing called flesh. Paul even said, you know, this flesh, it wasn't me that, truly my heart that sinned, it was the flesh in me that I contend with. And I thought, could it be that if I'm this person that's saying, I don't need that other stuff, I don't want that, I just want the miracles and the signs and wonders, and it, could it be that our flesh is trying to intrude into spiritual things? Your flesh is always inserting influence trying to get you to partner with the world as it is. Maybe it's trying to get into some spiritual things and say, hey, I've got, I, I've got to not be self-seeking and so selfish about all of this that I want, the, I, want, I want to be the greater things. I want to be the one that shines. That's what Simon the sorcerer did over in Acts the 8th chapter and got him in big trouble because he made himself out as, as some big one. Y'all, I, that's just my thoughts. And so listen, if you can't receive something, as I show you here, that builds up your most holy faith, how are you going to be able to try to extend out to other people? You following? I mean, I, I hope that you're, you, you still love me, and, but I'm trying to challenge you. Why would you, you can't even yield to, to grow in the small things, something that builds up your most holy faith. It says that when you pray in tongues, it edifies you like a battery charger. You follow. And I shared with you last week that that prayer language was what caused me to be able to tear down the stronghold in my life of rage and anger and fighting. That was the stronghold in my life. And that prayer language, it edified me, brought my spirit to the top and my flesh down. Why, why wouldn't I want that to happen in my life? Why wouldn't I want that to happen in my life? And I, I was thinking, you know, we have this mandate, you and I as Christians, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things be added to you. Kingdom focus is our first priority. Kingdom focus. Because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about God's kingdom, all that we do. Now here's the word that the Lord gave me. He said, if you are a better you, as I start to explain about the tongue, He said, if you are a better you, then the kingdom will be truly impacted in the best possible way. If you're at your best spiritually in faith, then you will be able to submit to His leading in outward ministry, the gifts of the Spirit. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Holy Spirit is the charging station, and your spiritual vehicle is plugged into Him by praying in the Spirit. <laughs> Y'all see that? You're edified by... Praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit praying through you. He's your charging station. You need to plug in. It's about time some of us get charged up. Amen? Amen. Jude 20, 120 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in the Spirit, it builds you up. It edifies you. How many of you have felt like, man, I need some building up? I need some edifying. Need, I need to be charged up. I'm down and I need this, see? And now listen. Here's the thing. It builds up your holy faith. It supercharges. It, it edifies you. It helps you step on top. It gives you power to serve and to live for Him, become a witness. Listen, what Satan is trying to do is steal the revelation and the reality of the purpose of it. If he can steal from your understanding purpose then the tool itself has no significance. Are you following me? How many of you men, you have a crescent wrench? You know what a crescent wrench is? It's the adjustable wrench. Adjust, right? Me too. If you didn't know what that was for, would you ever pick it up and use it? Probably not. Right? I mean, it's all about the tools. Cass says, what do you want for your birthday? Tools. 
<laughs> well, you got tools, better tools. Listen, and not really, we're focusing too much on the act of the praying in the spirit rather than the result and the benefit and the purpose behind it. Romans 8, 26 and 27. I'm winding down a couple, three more scriptures. Now listen, Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Thank the Lord for that. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. How many times has someone come up to you and say, will you pray for me? And they spill it all out, what they want you to pray about. <laughs> Have y'all seen that little thing on, on, I think it's in social media. It's got this dog. It's got these big old eyes. It's got the blue around it. This is what my therapy dog looks like after I tell him all my problems. It's like, oh, my word. <laughs> well, that's how I feel sometimes when people come over here and want me to pray for something. I think, Man, I don't have any idea what to pray for on that guy. My word, I'm, I'm, that's beyond me. Y'all, sometimes you don't know what to pray, but you do know how through Jesus to the Father. But see here, he's saying, for example, when we know not what to pray for, God wants us to see. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. This is not King James. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. When you don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for you. He prays through you and for you. Now here's, don't, don't misunderstand the English of it. Because people will say, see there's a difference between, as you read down the scripture, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit's saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. When the Holy Spirit's praying through you, He prays the perfect will of God. But don't, don't misunderstand the English. Is He praying for us? are for us. You see, there's a difference. So you got to look at the context to see which one he's talking about. Is he praying for us because we're so ignorant we don't know what to pray for? <laughs> no. <laughs> but he's praying for us. He's praying through us the perfect will of God. See, the Holy Spirit knows all things, says he searches even the depths of God. I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things, 1 John 2.20. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. If you sat in the natural and said, well, I know everything. You, people done, you done turned them off because they know better. I know everything. No, but I'm tuned in with the one who does, and that's the Holy Spirit. And say, so he, he will pray through me the perfect will of God. When, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray in this situation, but Holy Spirit, you do, and I begin to pray in the Spirit. He's a tool for you to intercede. Do you all get that? Yes. It's a tool in your tool belt. But... You can say, okay, I've got that, but I don't see the purpose of it. If Satan steals the purpose from you and the design of what it's about, you're not going to accomplish anything with that tool. You'll put it on the top shelf and quit allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you. See, I've been in groups. I've been in groups in churches where people think, well, the Holy Ghost comes on us, and I've prayed one time in the Spirit. I've prayed one time in tongues. You're, you're being robbed. Because Holy Spirit's always on go. He's waiting on you to yield your tongue. And when you're praying, hey, listen, I'm trying to partner with the Holy Spirit. That's why I told you I was getting into some of the meat of it tonight. And, and I, when I allow the Holy Spirit to start praying through me, when somebody's down here and I'm praying for them, I'm trying to partner with Him. And suddenly I know, it's like I have a knowing all of a sudden how to pray. And I start agreeing with Him in prayer in English. He's not letting me off the hook, Right? Okay. I see I've just about lost you guys. Okay. <laughs> Listen, is he praying for us or for us? He's praying for us. One of the surefire ways to know without a doubt that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit to pray through you. That's one of the surefire ways. And it's a tool to accomplish growth and strength in your own life to be spirit-filled, power-filled, Disciple. Amen. Amen. Now, I will tell you this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here with a couple of short scriptures. But if God would do it for me, He'd do it for you. If you knew who I was, you say there's great hope for you. Are you all with me? I, I was not a, a, a decent... I wasn't... Well... 
Just don't nobody tell my wife these. <laughs> I had a lot of problems, had a lot of meanness. But the Lord loved me. And he loves you. If he can love me, he can love anybody. And if he can feel, Jesus can fill me with the Spirit, he can fill you with the Spirit, just like he did me. All I said that night, they said, you'll need it. I said, okay, give it to me. You know what that was? That was faith. And I want to tell you, if, if, and tonight I'm going to invite you to come down here in just a little bit. And I want you to understand, well, you've got to come in faith just like salvation. Dispel all the doubts and all the things like that. You receive it by faith. You can't, how many of you know you can't get good enough or quit enough to accept the redemption of, of the sin in your life and be redeemed and be saved? You can't do it. It's all by faith. God set it up that way. Jesus paid the price. You just got to believe it and receive it. If you believe in your heart and confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And you're not going to be embarrassed by it either. But it's all by faith. It's not by your works. You can't brag that you earned your ticket to heaven. It's all by faith. Same thing with receiving the Holy Spirit. It's all by faith. Because he said, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. So... I tried to tell you last week, some people, I thought I had to get good enough to get it. Like my mom, I thought she was just great and perfect. You know, everybody thinks about their mom. They just don't know the truth, right? But I, I thought my mom was perfect. But see, listen, you're, you're trying to sit down to think, well, I got to get better at this. I got to get better before I can ask God for it. No, he's trying to get you to get it so he can straighten you out with it. <laughs> Clean you up. Give you a tool to pray, to edify you, to build up your heart, to give you power. And the, and the other last one is in Luke, the 11th chapter. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Fa Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's not going to dangle it in front of you. It's as easy and as simple as that. And listen, everybody, let's stand, if you will. Let's stand with me, if you will. I always feel when I'm representing Holy Spirit, it's just inadequate. But it's not my, my job to, to get you to receive it. I can build faith in you. I can give you the Word of God. It's you making the choice. I don't know if I'm communicating that properly. The, the load is off of my shoulders in a sense of I just got to present the gospel and the truth the best that I can. The absolute best that I can. And I do know this, that Jesus said, if you receive this water that I give you, you will never thirst again. He said, he, taught, he prophesied, he said, there will be a, a wellspring like a river flowing, rising up on the inside of us and flowing out of us. A river, well, rivers of life flowing out of us. He said, he speaks this of the Holy Spirit. So if you're one of those who comes down tonight, I'm going to invite our ministry team to come down and join us at the front. You're saying, you're answering these three questions tonight. You answer these three questions. Number one, you've got to say, well, is that real? Is it real? Is it for today? And most importantly, is it for me? Is this for me? Is this something that God has for me? Do you, if I go down and ask Jesus for it, is he going to give it to me? Yes. Why wouldn't he? Are you with me? John prophesied of, John spoke of it. He said, there's a man coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. He, Jesus, is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's what Jesus does today. He hasn't stopped that. Are y'all with me? And so he says, it's like rivers of life flowing up from inside of you, pouring out. And what I want to encourage is this. And I, I don't know how far to take this in practicality. Uh, I do this a lot of one-on-one -on -one and have done it over the years. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to pray from within you, but He's using your tongue. And, and, and I, I have to use this example of it because I don't know any other way to get it across to you as far as the apprehensions that we have. We're, we've been locked into so much flesh, so much world, it's sometimes hard for us to take a spiritual step. Are you with me? Especially if you've been raised a heathen. <laughs> It was a little difficult. I didn't know how to act. You know what I'm saying? 
And I knew that it was real. The night they prayed for me, I, I knew I was filled with the Spirit because something burning in, on the inside of me had changed. I had a fire and a boldness in my heart I'd never had before. Went home and, and knelt in the living room with her. my sister, Kathy, and I and prayed for her to accept Jesus that week and my brother-in-law the week after that. And like I told you, in six weeks, 70 people got, gave their life to Jesus. I couldn't have done that before. But I wanted that tongue stuff. <laughs> I wondered what that preacher was doing up on that stage. I had no denominational background that told, told me that it wasn't of God and it wasn't real and it wasn't for you. That preacher that night told me in his home, you can have it. And I said, okay, give it to me. But I'd have him, every time I had him pray, I'm giving you some practical advice, just a few more minutes. I'd have him come pray for me and say, Billy, I want to receive that. I want that. And, and you know, my... my lingo is I want that tongue stuff. I didn't know how to express it in any kind of Christianese, you know. I didn't know how to make it soften it. I want that tongue stuff. I, I thought it was real. And I, you said I could have it. I want it. But I never got it. I couldn't get it. I couldn't. But I remember two weeks after, I said, Billy, come pray for me again because I want that tongue stuff. He was over at our house. And he said, okay. He took me in this little room and back in the corner of our house. We had remodeled this little room, had brand new carpet down. It was painted, nothing in there. And he pulled a chair in there. Have I told you? Did I tell you this last week? Okay, just act like I didn't. Just go ahead and receive it again. But took that chair in and I'm all excited because I'm going to get that tongue stuff tonight. I just know it. See, and, and I, you, sometimes you have this attitude. If God wants me to have it, he just slap it right on me. It don't take no faith. He just slap it right on me. But sometimes it's receiving it by faith. But you got to know what that means. What does that look like? What hinders our faith? So I sat in that chair, as I did before, times he'd pray for me. And I know I felt something inside here, but he said, okay. And what he did, he reached over and turned the light off. Ooh, I don't know about this. Okay, now this is a little weird. Now, come on now. You had me holding hands with men two or three weeks ago. This ain't going to work. <laughs> you know, men don't hold hands. And uh, turned the light out. And I thought, okay. And he said, but he gave me some instructions. Stand. He said, listen, it's the Holy Spirit, but it's your tongue. And you just got to start saying, Lord, thank you for this. I thank you for it. I receive it. You just begin to thank the Lord for the, the infilling. And if something comes, just begin to let it come out. And so I'm going, he said, stand, stand. I said, what? I was We're in this room, just the two of us. And I'm whispering, what? He said, I don't believe God could hear you. And I got so tickled. I, I said, if I got to sound like a fool to get this, I'll sound like a fool. And I opened my mouth and a language just poured out. So eloquent. It just poured out of my, and it was like bricks lifted off my shoulders. And there wasn't a devil or a demon in hell on earth. You tell me God wasn't real. It was supernatural. It was supernatural. It, wasn't a, anybody, it, was, it was amazing the reality of that that changed my life from that moment forward. But you know what? The word, the first word that came out of my mouth was in the back of my head two weeks earlier. It, so that showed me the potential was there. I was my own worst problem, thinking about my surroundings. I've never seen him do that again. He never did that again to anybody else. But he eliminated my outside influence. He took me to the extreme so that I could receive.